Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Um, my webcam was not working today for some strange reason, so uh, we're doing this at an odd angle, which is a, a new perspective on life, pun intended. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad everyone can uh, see you that way now. Yeah, <laughs> Through the audio, you know, you can see a lot. At least until we start posting these on YouTube, which I don't really think that is coming anytime soon. Well, if you did see it on YouTube, you would see Josh's very nice, bright orange chair, which is very complimentary to the rest of the colors in his office. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't mind doing video stuff, obviously, but but uh, I just wasn't sure if we'd ever want to put this podcast out there on uh, on on YouTube. But yeah, thanks for the compliment on the chair. Yeah. So what's going on in your life? Uh, I'm, I'm in the in-between about to go away. So I know I came back from a different trip at the beach and then you went away last week. Yes, uh, but I am now in the throes of about to be going away on a different trip, um, next week. So I'm in that, that like jam everything into last few days of the week, end of a week. Uh, I'm not going to be available next week. So let's make sure I'm not yes. creating whatever bottlenecks yep yep get everyone sorted out so they don't bug you next week and then and of course i had a lot of odd events you know you have like i had a dentist appointment at all the i had like three or four other things that don't happen every week that just yeah. you know adds to that cocktail so yeah it's it's uh it's tough when you have a week like that it really chews into your headspace eh yeah, I did punt on a few things. I did move our podcast from yesterday to today. Um, I moved a couple other external meetings that I just didn't have the headspace for uh, that I that I moved to. Actually, I think I moved them out a week after I get back, uh, like two weeks after I get back. So I'm not in the week back mode of catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. You got to gotta plan ahead for those things. I think I saw a post the other day. Someone was talking about, you know, Americans going on... Uh, and Canadians, I guess, could be included too, going on vacation. And it's like, you know, oh, yes, and uh, I'm going for open heart surgery, but I'll be available by uh, text message if you need me. And it's like <laughs> Europeans going on vacation. They're like, yeah, I'm gone for the summer. So uh, good luck. Right. See me in the fall. Right. Maybe, maybe even next year, maybe at the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Cool. So uh, today, I think we wanted to talk a bit about product-led growth. We've been uh, having some private chats with uh, a couple friends and uh, had some thoughts around product-led growth. And uh, I think that's a, a fun topic to kind of dive into. Um, so maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you want to talk a bit about what your view of like what is product-led growth is and uh, kind of how that plays out for you. Sure. No, it's a good question. Obviously, it's it's something that I feel like it's hard to get away from these days. So as much as we probably rag on the whole uh, category creation types of things like PLG, product-led growth, is sort of a term, is sort of a thing, at least enough prevalent enough that you talk to most people in SaaS or, or uh, in the in the bootstrap communities, I think most people know what product-led growth is. Maybe I'm wrong, but I do think it's a. It's also transcends VC startup things like that because essentially it's a. Yeah, I mean, by definition, it's like product-leading growth. Now, what what do you what, what does that mean to you? Uh, and I could explain what I think it what what I think it is, but yeah, what does it mean to you, Nate? 
product-led growth, I guess, like I kind of think of it in two ways. One way I think of it in that um, you're developing, you continue to focus on the product by optimizing the product um, so that it becomes your main sales tool that like, because my product is so good, people will buy it and you just have to brag about your features and that's enough. Um, I guess the other way I kind of think about it is like that it's almost like a, um, you use the product as a way to upsell people. So um, by putting specific things into your product, you use that um, to convert people to a higher plan, plan, plan and that produces more revenue for you. I don't know if any right. of those things are right, but that's what I think of. No, no, no. I think those are all right. And that's, I think that's, that's part of the, you know, debates people will get into is you could, you know, people will label certain companies like, oh, this is a great PLG company. This is a great product led company. Um, and, and other terms that often get thrown into this mix are like the land and expand, which is like a mm. sort of a, you know, I think that term even predated product-led growth was like when they had developers using tools or Slack is like a, a land and expand where you land like one or two users that start using it. And then they kind of expands within the company um, type right. of thing so, into like an enterprise size deal or a bigger, bigger team deal. Maybe you're in, later involving salespeople and compliance people once it starts to get like internally viral, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Right. And kind of really the the asset or the really one of the I think the the keys in land and expand is that you're offering something for free or for very cheap to start like to or one person can start. It, it doesn't need to be everybody. And then it has a natural way of growing within the company. Right. Like Loom is a good example um, mm-hmm. and, and Calendly is one, but it also is probably maybe less land and expand inside there. But I think Mm-hmm. What ultimately comes down to it, a lot of these are, for me, is is uh, has to align well with like who your buyer is and what is what is a low friction way for them to buy. So like dev tools or uh, these other yeah. ones that we've talked about are are interesting ways where we're always talking talking product first. So this is not sales led mm-hmm. is probably the counterpoint to to product led, right? So yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because sales often gets involved in some of the higher levels of product-led growth. Like I think of if you had a, um, uh, maybe you had a cloud provider where you started for free, but all of a sudden you start using, you know, a hundred servers. Well, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they're going to send you a sales rep to say, hey, you know, maybe we, uh, we should talk about getting you into a custom plan, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's still product-led, right? It's just like, who's mm-hmm. in the lead? So it is say. So this is where I'd like to start to kind of like tease some of this out where product led just literally by definition is like products out in front, right? Mm-hmm. So the things we talked about, uh, you know, trials, freemium, like all these mechanisms are for a product to get out in front, right? And then you could add a salesperson later. It's still product led, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where I almost feel like the first touch points are more related to the product and the real, a lot of the work motions are being done through the product itself as well. Yeah. So would you say that there, there really only is two leads in terms of how we're talking that there's either the product or the sales? Is there any other possible way that would something else would take a lead? Uh, 
I would probably say marketing led could be one, um, but. But like, how does that, how would that even look like marketing led? Like, I feel like marketing led would feed in, marketing would either feed into product or feed into sales. Well, see, and it, it does depend on, so what is interesting is you brought up a couple different points when you said, like, how is it being, how is it being sold? And, and this, this gets back to like how I'm now thinking about it. This is, this is fairly recent. I listened to a podcast and I'll try to link it. I'll share it with you later too. Um, and it was interesting. I think the person's name was Elena Vera, uh, and she was interviewed on like Lenny Rechitsky's podcast. Okay. So some of this has intertwined both her thoughts and some of mine, but <laughs> she broke down and this started to really make sense for me of like decoupling out product led. So by definition, product leading, right? And then mm -hmm. she said, okay, well there's, so, and, and when we say product led growth, right? That's the term we yeah. started with. And yeah. growth is, you know, often even confused of like, there's growth people that are on the product side, there's growth marketers, there's growth, you know, mm -hmm. how do you define growth and who lives in growth, right? Then there's like this whole philosophy on growth teams, like it, it's all over the board as well. Different discussion for a different day, but <laughs> within the within the product led parts, so like breaking down the growth, like the, the actual <clears throat> like pirate metrics and growth and things like that. So she broke it down as, product-led acquisition okay which is like the product is essentially doing the acquisition of the customer right okay, so, so that like means content like templates so when you have you know we've talked about like data box in the past and i think they mm -hmm. actually have like oh here's this google analytics template and it's a page but it is Really, it's like you click this, you add the template to the product and, and sign up all in one swoop. So that I would categorize as like product-led acquisition in that front. Mm -hmm. um, I could even say viral loops like powered by things like Calendly links. Those are probably in the acquisition. How are you getting new customers and mm -hmm. new, new acquisition fronts? Um, uh, even other user-generated content out of the stuff. So I think you're kind of doing this a little bit like with some of your like data that is coming out of your product uh, yeah. and data tools that could kind of lead into acquisition pieces and like long tail SEO searches, stuff like yeah. that. So when we're talking about lead, it almost sounds like we're really trying to say, what is the, what is the function in a business that we're really trying to focus on to produce sales? So in, when you're saying that in the, the product sense, it's like, well, the, we're putting all of our emphasis on the product doing that conversion, like you said, like the freemium, the tools that are pulling you in. If you have sales, it's people like actually talking. That's, you know, the, the, the salesperson beating down the door kind of thing. Well, before we mix the sales word in, let's, let's, cause like you're using it as both, it, just in that, those couple sentences, you were using it as both of like, the act of making sales and making money and also the salespeople. So let's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make sure <laughs> so, we're so he, them something separate. Let, um, let me rip through the rest of her model, which was like right. product led acquisition was one piece. Product led monetization is the next piece. Hmm. So that's the, like, what is the pricing? Can I do in-app upgrades? Am I expanding? But it's still product led, right? Like how can I 
like meter-based pricing, usage-based pricing, all of those things could go into monetization or even in-app reminders like, oh, hey, you can expand. But again, you don't have to talk to a salesperson to get either the first buy and mm-hmm. or additional expansion buys, right? Yeah. Things like that. So that could be, again, right, go back to who's leading it and who's doing the the, uh, the a lot of the work is the product. So in that model, then you're doing product-led monetization. Then the last one she mentioned, which was product-led retention, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And what my brain goes to is just like, are you monitoring product metrics to know if people are getting usage? Should you be reaching out with with CSMs or support people or automated emails that say, hey, you haven't used a product for da 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 da. Do you need some help? Like, yeah, but that's yeah. product-led retention. And it was interesting. And she was like, everyone should be doing product-led retention these days if you have a product. Yeah. These other ones, product-led monetization and product-led acquisition, are more going to be based on your like, like, does it fit how your buyers buy or how users are interacting with your product, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But it sounds like so. It sounds like she's almost looking at what are all the ways that you make money. It's by getting people. It's by um, upselling and by keeping them. And then right. what? what motion are we doing to try and make those things happen? What's the leading motion for that? And when you're saying the product is the lead motion in that, it's like this is a automated or a, um, yeah, like a self-serve type of format for that. Is that, is that right. correct? Yeah, I, I think so. And not every business type is going to fit that, right? So like, for sure. And, and that's what I think is interesting because you hear everyone being like, you need to be a product-led growth company. It's like, well, it may not fit your model. Maybe parts of it does, right? Mm-hmm. So like. Um, yeah, like I think of like product owner, like the the buyers of that product are not well-suited for product-led growth, at least at this point. Like they, um, they just don't explore in that way, uh, at least the bulk of them. Right. I mean, they could though. Like the one I things that could is probably product-led monetization could be on that yeah. spectrum. Yeah. So yeah. the user acquisition, you're not getting them by like tinkering with the product. You are sales-led and then using the product as a way to kind of help the adoption, help explain what it is and actually just mm-hmm. test and see the product, right? So you're probably not going to get product-led acquisition unless... Maybe you built out, I mean, I think you were tinkering with this, like tons of landing pages based off of the data. So it yeah. could be arguable. <laughs> yeah, but that, that hasn't really, that hasn't really worked yet. So okay. if, if that were to work, then I suppose you could say that that would be a, a method, right? Um, right? But I am, I am still really curious about the marketing, like a product or a marketing led. And I wonder if, I wonder if you could say that brand building would fit into like a marketing led approach. Like, if you are if you are focused on building brand reputation or um, like placing yourself in a certain place in the market by your content, by your speaking, that sort of thing, if that would count as like a marketing led approach, yeah, actually, I definitely think it would because I would think when you talk about sales led, that in my mind means like outbound, right? Or it means yeah. outbound, or it means um, what's the other one that they always pair that with? Uh, when they do the ads and stuff too, in addition to it, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not completely sure. Um, you mean like retargeting? 
Yeah, it's like a it's the, it's that whole strategy. So it's like I'm retargeting, I'm sending you ads, and then I'm like calling you on the phone. You're like, oh, you're everywhere. I've seen you. Oh, and yes. it's like, I forget, <laughs> yeah. what is that called? Um, uh, I'm not sure, but it sounds like fire hose people. <laughs> yeah, but they're using ads. They're using like basically like blanketing the touch points, and it's like, oh, there's a billboard outside your house, and <laughs> um, I forgot. Uh, there's a term, and and I'll. I'll someone in the podcast is probably screaming it at us right now so yeah yeah i always wish that one day like i'll have a product that i can buy a billboard for just to say that i bought a billboard and like have one up i think that'd be cool so so i do think you're right like there is a marketing led thing and those are ones where it's probably led by you're right like uh i mean even if it's an influencer or if it's like ads it's mm-hmm. that's not sales led so i would think largely like e-commerce is probably marketing led right? Like you need to have those. You're not having individual people calling and going door to door with those types of things. You're probably doing Instagram ads and like viral content and like TikTok and and Facebook Mm -hmm. things and whatever. And that's that's like more marketing like because you're not throwing individual salespeople at it. The product isn't like natural. You're going to have word of mouth, but that's something else. But you're, but what you're not going to have the product isn't from an e-commerce type of product is going to sell feed and make more people use it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Totally, Maybe totally the only arguable approach. thing. What's that? Yeah. Totally a marketing approach. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I think, I think what's interesting though, when we talk about these terms, like uh, as being somebody that's pretty early on, I've often looked at these approaches and thought, well, how come I'm not doing that? Or that seems like, you know, the the promised land, so to speak, if I could get to that spot. Um, but I wonder if there if these terms really only apply to larger, larger companies. Like in terms of actually doing the like proper product-led growth, it seems like when you're small, you're not even really thinking necessarily in those terms. You're more thinking of like I have a customer who has a problem, I need to surface that or I need to, um, like I guess it feels more like a mix of those things than any one particular one of those. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Cause like what you, in the very early phase, you're essentially like both trying to hunt for, you know, you're, you're, you're split between two priorities. One is like, I want to find a pain point that mm-hmm. is worth solving and someone's going to pay money for. And then how do I find the people? How do I find those people so I can bring them to my, to, so I can bring them to that solution, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And, and in SaaS, we're talking about all SaaS. It's like, that's the product itself and the distribution mechanism. Right. So, uh, but I, you're right. I think in the early days, you're trying to prioritize those two things is like, where can I, here's the problem I'm solving that people are willing to pay for. And where can I repeatedly find them? Then it's like one of those ideas, maybe product led, right. And maybe, but at that point, that's like level two. It's almost like I figured out the formula. Now, what is the best way to keep repeating that formula? Is it through like 
content marketing? Is it through sales? Is it through whatever? But also depending on your price points, it's going to tell you what you can afford. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if, if it's a high price point, it's a million dollar a year thing. Yeah, I can afford to send three salespeople out just calling phones on. But you don't yeah. want to end up in the no man's land of like, it's not a high enough price point, but the only way to get to them is individual sales, which maybe kind of where you're at. <laughs> I think though, like, I think you always kind of have to, or at least from what I can tell, it seems like you almost always have to start with the, the single like sales call type method where you're talking to individuals, you're um, doing a lot of like getting on calls with people and that sort of thing to try and get things started to the point that you can kind of see which way you're going to go. Because I think like I've kind of fallen into like trying to do product like growth, like especially with status list and you kind of end up in this place where you don't really know what your customers are saying, um, but you see them interacting with your product, but you don't know what they're thinking so much. And I think that's a, that's a tricky part to be where you're kind of stuck between one and two because you've right. tried to do the number two strategy, but you're still in phase one. Well, I also think your strategy for status list initially was being in the Heroku store. So it was trying to solve it was trying to not have the one in the two. It was trying to, they were the kind of glued together, right? It's like, yeah, knew there was a need for, for, for monitoring of some sort and then plugging mm -hmm. into the distribution channel of Heroku. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you were kind of trying, you were going with a known need. And then, you know, as we fast forward the story, we found, you know, what we figured was it was more of a, like, it was challenging for you to differentiate that pain versus mm -hmm. what we're, have now labeled as like kind of more of a commodity thing. It was hard to differentiate for yourself, um, which makes that a challenging like space to be in where there's a lot of competitors. Uh, in addition to, you never thought about much about the distribution strategy because being in the Heroku was the distribution strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. That was pretty straightforward that way. Yeah. In terms of like the, the different lead growths that we've been talking about, um, what about referral rock? How do you kind of think about those things? Uh, well, I think initially, you know, even without calling it product-led growth, I think it is the dream. Like, I feel like that is part of the the indie hacker dream, which is just like, I want to build a product and people are just going to get a, going to find it. I don't have to talk to people. Maybe I have some chat support, right? Like yeah. that's the, the developer dream of like, I can build <laughs> all these fun things and, People just buy, and yet I don't have to really talk to them too much. I don't have to be a salesperson because you know we don't like to be salespeople, right? So uh, yeah, so I mean, for us, it started. That was the initial idea, but then I think, like you were asking earlier about, like talking to some of these people. So really teasing out that how do I get that pain to to basically satisfying that pain and actually solving for a person and what are they willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So that's where, where I took a detour and I'm still on that detour, <laughs> which was the whole like talking with uh, potential users coming in. So it still was product led at, at that point, mm. but then realizing later on, it became a little bit more, I don't know if I would even call it sales led. I don't know how to even decouple mine in that. Well, I guess on that acquisition side, acquisition side for us, as we've talked about, is SEO. So yeah. I would say I'm not product-led acquisition. Yeah. Uh, we do product-led adoption, but we also have CSMs that are assisting it. It's product-led, but 
they still have to do the work in there to make it sticky and to set up their programs. Um, we do a product monetization um, and we are trying to do more product led retention. So I'm not in a, and I think most people in the classic sense think of this as the full stack when they say product, oh, there's a product led growth company usually means they're doing, you know, at least a ado strong adoption, strong monetization and strong retention through the, the product led motion yeah. acquisition could be sort of arguable, I feel like. Yeah. And I wonder too, if like there are certain uh, tiers of customers that make a different, would change your approach. Like if you have uh, a big account coming to referral rock, you might uh, put them with a CSM like right away versus a cell serve account. Maybe you, you don't give them a CSM. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it definitely matters. Like it's their expectations are going to matter uh, who they are as a buyer. And that gets back to like, how do they like to buy right where mm. if i if i have a you know brand marketer old school guy that is willing is running a big company that wants to run a a referral program their expectations are more service like i'm going to want one person to talk to mm -hmm. i'm going to have a kickoff i'm going to do all these things i i need someone to help me get through uh uh what's the the legal area to does all the purchasing what do you call oh it? yeah Purchasing. I guess purchasing. Yeah. I think there's <laughs> another term. I forgot. Uh, fulfillment. It's fulfillment. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought fulfillment was when they ship stuff out. Oh, yeah, that too. Maybe it's a different term. Anyway, uh, really, really a lot of brain parts with lack of terms here uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so depending on that, that, that person coming through is going to have different expectations. And I think that's probably part of our challenge since we're a horizontal play like mm -hmm. we might have a customer that is really big we might have a customer that is really small and in general how that person wants to transact and do business is varying so so we have to have kind of some of these different motions we have csms we have salespeople. some people come in and buy without talking to anyone and just use chat support and knowledge base articles some people mm -hmm. need a little bit in between uh and some people want this it, I wouldn't say full service because we're not doing it for them, but yeah, like close dedicated, to. dedicated resource. Like yeah. I want to be able to email someone and a person. I don't want to email a support box, right? Like right. Uh, that yeah. type of thing. And and those ones are obviously usually willing to pay more. So hopefully you don't end up in between, <laughs> not willing <laughs> to pay but want the full service. Then you're kind yeah. of yeah, 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 yeah. It is interesting though. Like as we keep talking, there's. It seems that even when you say product-led growth, and yeah, led implies that it's not everything, um, it still feels like, um, you know, maybe it's a bit of a buzzword, or it's more of a, you know, we we put emphasis on this thing, you know, this is this is great, but really in reality, you know, there's a lot of working parts. It's not as simple as you might think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I think there's a lot of companies out there basically because it's easier to attach yourself to a term or a category, right? So any software that's doing like, like a software to help onboarding, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, what are these other ones? Like walk me. And there's all these other ones that are like, Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pendo. There's a, there's a bunch of these types of companies that are just product tours and mm -hmm. and basically trying to help the onboarding process actually i was looking at another one called arrows 
that is a, a way to give checklists to people that need more service, but it's sort of more of a project management during your onboarding process between the CSM and the person like using the product. So there's all okay. these onboarding types of products, but you know, it, it definitely helps. I think the fact that people can coalesce and talk about it. If we talk about a Calendly, they talk about, you talk about Stripe, you talk about Slack, like all of these, even though they didn't have that category named at that time are now considered like classic examples of product-like growth, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I think there is like, there is some some interesting playbooks to kind of take from each of these areas that you could apply these, these growth strategies to. Um, like I think, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where people aren't willing to pay a whole lot um, and you want to be able to still reach them, then yeah, you know, you, you do some of the, the product led things, or maybe you do some of the, the, the marketing led things. Cause that those things scale really well. Um, but I think it's like at the end of the day, you're trying to, you're trying to optimize for the problem that you have. Right. And, um, I think you kind of have to look at each of these parts individually, it seems, um, to kind of optimize those processes on their own. Yeah, I agree. And I think as the world turns more towards like consumer expectations of being able to try more, like I think expectations are changing mm. in terms of how people want to buy, right? Like selling to a developer is probably more pretty vanilla. I'd say, you know, more introverted, don't like to talk to people, like may attend a webinar, but likely doesn't want to like talk directly to a person, doesn't want to be bombarded by outbound emails, like all of these other things. It's going to mm -hmm. piss them off. It's going to be like, they're just going to be like, never going to do a business with them because they sent me. <laughs> emails. Um, so, you know, knowing your buyer, I think that's going to dictate more of the motions, uh, if anything, and yeah. uh, they are changing over time. And um, one of the last points I wanted to make, which was that Elena Vera, like I mentioned before, had said on the podcast, which was super interesting, which she's like, everyone tries to pit product led versus like sales led. And it's again, yeah. one of these like versus things where she's like, it's not like you can have both. It's like, you can be product led and sales led. So you can have this great motion, but you can also have outbound sales. You can also have yeah. other things like that. So it's as much as people want to get out their, their, uh, pitchforks and different things product led sales led, like this type uh, of thing it's like no like both it's like one of these product <laughs> led and sales led and uh one of the lessons i think in the beginning of the episode she was talking about a company that companies make is oftentimes they go they might start out sales led mm -hmm. because they have a product they have an idea they know they can hire price point it's faster to get started because you can just make direct calls like to people and yeah. emails and things like that. But she said she's seen, I think, a lot of companies that start that way and then they hear PLG and they hear this is the way. This is super efficient. This is like the way you really scale massively. And then they go product-led. But some of them have then like chose it as a one or the other and they stop doing their sales-led. Oh, and then yeah. they just put basically put all their eggs in the basket on product led where mm -hmm. they didn't have to. And if anything, like you already built out those systems, you built out those motions and they were working. Yeah. You didn't have to abandon them. You should have been doing both. And she said the common mistake, and I've seen this before is like abandoning something that you think is working because that you, you, the grass looks greener. That looks shinier. Ooh, Calendly did it. Slack did yeah. it. It's like, yeah, but it's conditional. It doesn't work for everyone and you can't expect to get the full stack. 
of everything um, product product led. I feel like that's with any any uh, any advice that you get from anybody, right? It's like, well, that worked for them, but like, you know, who knows if it will work for you? And you know, if it ain't broke, you know, you don't need to fix it or throw it out right away. You know, find find something that's you know. There's another saying too that somebody told me: uh, don't don't throw out your old shoes before you get new ones. You know, make sure it's going to work. Heard that first. one, but I get it. <laughs> me either. I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> But yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that type of thing. Or, I mean, I think we have a hard enough time, like we're talking about the one-two punch of trying to figure out the pain points and delivery for a customer and then finding more of those customers, those two sides of trying mm-hmm. to get a business up and running. And now in hindsight, it'd be like, you had something that was scalable. Maybe it wasn't the most efficient. Maybe it wasn't the most shiny thing that the VCs want to hear or that like, hey, that, that someone's writing about on TechCrunch, but... The reality is if you solve for one and two and can do it consistently and, and profitably, like you have something and you can add layers, but don't abandon that the the first uh, one that you did figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cool. Well, uh, do you have any, uh, any other uh, thoughts on this? No, I think that's, that's most of it. I mean, I think we're all looking at elements of it in the future. Maybe no one's doing the full stack. I don't know if anyone's going to care to label the full stack or all these granular details, but that podcast, that podcast episode did help me decouple those when she broke out those three different ones, product-led mm-hmm. acquisition, product-led monetization, and product-led retention as three distinct like pieces. So yeah. it's a pretty cool way to... So good. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, throw a link up to that on Twitter, and that way, if anyone's interested, they could go take a look at that. Um, yeah, sounds like a, a good episode. And I think even for myself, like I, I haven't, uh, I, I'm not ready for a lot of these deep strategies. You know, having like sales up here and having product over here and all of that. And I think it's still useful though to to think about the different levels and where those things apply. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just knowing these other ones may not be your focus right now. Cause again, getting knocking out that one and two is really your, 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 uh, making it repeatable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Well, thanks Josh. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah. Have a good vacation. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week.